Peace, family. Happy Sunday. The influence that social media plays in black households across the country, across the world, is astounding. Not only do we have mother and father feeding into the negativity, feeding into the music, the culture that is meant to destroy the black household and the black family, not only do we have mother and father feuding, mother and father being influenced by entertainment, celebrities, things that are false in reality. Social media is a false reality. We have the black household going at odds. Not only do we have mother and father, but we have a black youth, black children, thinking that entertainment is reality, thinking that they need to chase things that are unattainable and thinking that they're worth nothing if they do. If they never, thinking that they're not worth anything if they don't have these things, if they don't have these, if they don't travel these places. Welcome back to Air the Fuck Out Podcast. Shout out to every listener, supporter. Thank you to everyone who has spread the word, shared a post, and cultivated those hard conversations. I am fulfilled, and it's my purpose to help the Black community and heal the Black community. Break generational curses one episode at a time. Keep in mind that this is not your traditional podcast. It's not going to be politically correct. Nevertheless, let's get it. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Queen Smoke. Many of you may be wondering why I chose a podcast as my platform. To keep it real with you, I don't want to be looked at. I want to be listened to. I know that if I can get into your mind, that I got your attention. Now, I'm going to need all the bitches, all the niggas, and all the bitch niggas to leave the building. Because it's time to air it the fuck out. This week, we're going to talk about social media influence and how it affects the black community in 2024. Doubling down with me this week for this conversation, my co-host is Ray Ray. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming back, Ceci. So we gonna get straight into it. When we talk about influence, we're talking about the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself have an influence on when we talk about social media influence it's a marketing term that describes an individual's ability to affect other people's thinking in a social online community Barry, when we talk about social media you started with myspace correct yes i did so when you think about however you you had a your first MySpace program profile, I think it was a little bit after I turned thirteen. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just saying. What where was it? okay? And you know, I'm just saying, thirteen. You had to be at least sixteen. I know I made my MySpace profile the day before my fifteenth birthday, so I was even underage on that shit. And I'm not even gonna lie. Our parents wasn't doing that much checking, so they wasn't on. At the time, they didn't know any. They have a Facebook profile now, but they didn't even touch MySpace. So we, you know, got away with that. So, but when you talk about, when we talk about social media presence online at 13 years old, being introduced, right, to your age now, what was your social media presence like then and now when, when you're talking about the 
things you had to face as a teenage girl to the, to a oh you know being in your twenties, now in your thirties. What kind of what transformation have you seen online from going to MySpace and going to all these different new apps that have evolved now? I would say the huge the, well the biggest transformation is just the influence of it like back then people really didn't it was for fun like you know it was to socialize with your friends and I have a top five and you know what I mean it wasn't really about what people thought about you or it was just really like a, I would say like a public yearbook or a public forum you know what I mean where you go you hang out you talk and oh I like this song like we were doing so much back then coding to make our profile sparkle and have it you know different generators and everything but I feel like now it's just like competition and I'm living my best life and who can do better than the next person? I feel like it's all just, here's my big house, here's my big car, here's my happy family. You ain't never lying. I feel like I agree 100% with what you just said. Like, as a teenage girl, it was like, oh, you know, we moved schools. We moved from a whole neighborhood half an hour away. You know what I mean? So to get uprooted and moved in the middle of your socialization, high school, you know what I mean? That's a That was a big change for me growing up. So, of course, to keep in contact with my friends, I loved having MySpace. You know, I was allowed to make one from our parents at 15. I loved having MySpace because I could connect with my friends. Remember back then, cell phones, the minutes cost. We were just having this conversation with our nieces and nephews. The cell phone minutes cost. So it was a free way, as long as you had access to a computer, to chat with your friends, to have a social circle without being near them. You still felt near them. Now, it's like everything is just for influence, for show, for look. It's no connection. And when you look into the real world, everybody's looking down into social media, into reality. There's no real connection amongst each other. When you go to a social setting, like when I love concerts, when I'm out, when I like to do will do things and be social and go connect with people, people are connected to their phones. They take those pictures. They'll be at the concert or they'll be at the gathering. They'll take those pictures to leave. It's not really to say I enjoy my time. My best memories are in my head. There's no pictures. There's no 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 evidence period about what some of my best memories you know what I mean so I feel like for a lot of people like you said it's the competition of I want to show you that I'm living my best life but are you really living your best life if your phone or you trying to outdo the next person is really the only thing on your mind I feel like no because they feel like if I didn't record it if I didn't um yeah if I didn't record it, it didn't happen if I didn't get this proof if I didn't get this on video for the whole world to see for me to have this you know what I mean these photos these videos then it didn't happen or it wasn't as important it didn't matter you know what I mean where that it's the total opposite that's I'm the same way I look up and a day at the beach I'm like oh I really didn't take no photos oh because I lived in the moment and I enjoyed my time especially when I'm at the beach you know what I mean with my family I'm like I don't really be on my phone you gotta enjoy nature you gotta enjoy where you are I see why some comedy clubs or some you know Concerts that people go to say no phones because you're there to live in the moment. He would be like, oh, I want to do this or do that. And if I do, I'll go take my pictures first and then put my phone up. You know what I mean? Because it's nothing like living in the moment, having the memories in your head, being able to close your eyes and, you know what I mean, recollect on those memories and be the, you know, think about the way that it made you feel. But if you're on your phone recording, doing this, doing that, you're not living in the moment. I feel like sometimes people forget to live in the moment because... We have to get that on videotape. We've seen accidents happen. People get shot, stabbed, so many things. And people, the first thing they do is pull their phone out to record instead of helping. I have <clears throat> I have the perfect example of like a story that just how storytelling 
can live on, you know? Do you remember when, what's the main story daddy told us our whole life growing up? When Janet Jackson kissed him on the cheek, right, as a kid. There was no camera, it was like a parade or something he went, she came to San Bernardino, but Janet Jackson kissed our father on the on the cheek as a kid when she played Penny in Good Times. I know that story because my father told me that story probably a million times in my childhood, all throughout my life. I've heard it over and over, but it's so visual, it's so vivid, You, it makes it seem like you saw a photo of, my, of Janet Jackson kissing my father. That's how much... He remembers all five senses involved. You know what I mean? So those kind of memories, the core memories, nothing can nothing can take that away. You know what I mean? It's okay to it's okay to always document memories. Like I said, I'll record the artist when I'm in a concert real quick, but I'm gonna indulge the cat even the distraction of everybody else recording, even if you want to live in the moment. It's somebody always next to you or over you or in front of you, you know what I mean? That's got their camera out, got their phone out. So I do like settings where it's like, put it up. I do like those professional settings where it's like, let's mingle. That's why people get so nervous and so tongue-tied and so antisocial. They say they're antisocial because they're on their phone. They use their phone to hide the fact that we got to connect. So a lot of people, young and old now, are lacking those social skills. That when you make eye contact with somebody, they think it's beef. Instead of, hey, how you doing? You know what I mean? So it's, it's where we have disconnected. To be reconnected socially. I can see you in the store and I'm not talking to you. I won't say anything to you. But I'll go to your profile and be like, hey girl, was that you at the store? Simple. <laughs> like, things like that. What's the way, What's the widespread, what do you think the widespread problem on our on the black society as a whole is when it, when it comes to social media influence? What's the big problem for our, for our whole society? I would just say that they think social media is real. There was this photo that I saw when, um, it was a married couple, like a husband and a wife, you know, just married. They had um, their wedding clothes on. She had the beautiful white wedding dress. Her hair was beautiful, you know, nice makeup. He had his nice tuxedo on, but behind their back, he had the knife. You know what I mean? So it's like you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, pretty much. We see so much on social media about on YouTube, about, you know, um, these stories of these women mostly African-American women of color that are being murdered. And they have so much videos and information that they could just go to their social media and pull up because it's like the same aesthetic. They go, and you know what I mean? I'm not saying you can't take pride in yourself, but it's like they just go, they post everything on the internet. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. Sometimes they are influencers and that is their job to post on the internet, you know? But I feel like sometimes it's the wrong stuff. Like they'll post videos of their partner when they don't want to be filmed or you know what I mean intimacy certain things is supposed to be kept in private I feel like with us is bl- is blurring the lines of what's real what's not real you know what I mean the little 14 year old boy he shot his mom and then he oh I'm gonna kill myself once he realized what he did like oh once that anger subsided and the police came looking for him on his block he realized like oh I'm gonna just kill myself eventually they end up talking him down you know it was two hours but they didn't they ended up talking him down he went to jail but at 14 you're barely getting self-regulation and you know what I mean? How to control your emotions started. So I feel like it's just the lines are blurred because they don't show like, oh yeah, that boy killed his mom or that boy did this and he's still out on the streets. He free. You know what I mean? I feel like that little kid probably thought like, oh, I'm not going to get in trouble that bad. Like go to prison for the rest of my life for murdering my mom. I'll probably just get a you know, slap on the wrist and that's it. Especially when everything starts at home and mom always gave you a slap on the wrist. That's why I always say when when children are growing up, when our black kids are growing up in the home, 
it's already two things against them. Either they're a black female, two strikes against them. Or they're a black male, two strikes against them. So why on God's green earth would you not prepare your child in every way possible? Intellectually, educationally, economically, socially, spiritually, psychologically. Why wouldn't you prepare your child to be able to live in this doggy dog world? A lot of people don't. A lot of people, when it comes to their children, they're ill-prepared. Because a lot of parents, when we talk about a generational curse, we have always fed into, as a black community, the European standard of beauty. It's always been colorism in our community. The influence has been white people. We're online now looking at the worst of the worst, trying to glorify that in our homes, displaying that for our children. So now it's just like dog eat dog, but no morality, no structure, no discipline, no boundaries, no rules. So when the rules are constantly broken and the limits are constantly tested, the black community suffers. When our children think that reality and entertainment are the same. When they think that online and reality are the same. We crumble when those lines are blurred. We destruct when we follow trends. Ray Ray, have you ever felt pressured online to change your opinion about something or if you stood your ground on an opinion, did you ever feel yourself getting bullied by the online community? Um, and if so, what was that experience like for you or those experiences? For me personally, I would say that um, I don't, I've always been the type of person, man, woman, child, whoever you are, really never cared about their opinion against me, you know, cause everybody has opinions. They're like assholes, we all have one. Mm-hmm. But I can understand from a different perspective how people can get bullied or you know what I mean like intimidated or punked into changing their views because you could be like oh um for an example you know okay I was about 10 years old when my nephew got this is not me I'm just saying for an example you know but say you'd be like, oh, I was 10 years old when I became an aunt my sister was 20 you know she got married whatever just to get to the point my nephew got circumcised you know and he was crying all night and this and that. So just say as a 10 year old, it traumatized me, you know? And I was just like, oh my gosh, seeing my nephew like that as a newborn infant and he had to get this and that. So I'm gonna be like, when I grow older, I'm not gonna get my son circumcised, you know? They say they all they gotta do is pull it back and clean it, then they'll be fine. It's like, you know, it's it's not nothing major. So to prevent my kids from going through that, I'm not gonna do it. Say I have three boys, right? Boom. They're gonna be like, oh, or not even three boys. Let's start out by saying I have my first boy and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get my son circumcised, but I still have like a week or two left, right? And I post a picture changing a diaper or in a tub or just anything, you know, it gets on social media. They'll be like, oh my gosh, why aren't you getting your son circumcised or this and that? It's gonna be pressure because I'm not fitting to those standards of the mom that society thinks I should be. So I feel like they're gonna be like, oh, you need to do this. And now say if I was a mom, like, oh, I'm gonna get it done because I feel like it's health. My brother didn't get circumcised, and um, you know this is another example. I feel like um, it's going to be healthier and cleanlier. 
So I get it done. It's going to be somebody, oh, you're a horrible mom. Why are you putting your newborn baby through that torture? Why would you put your child through that? Why would you put your son through that? He said, boy, let him grow up and make his own decisions, which I think that'll make sense. Adult circumstances, I don't know if that's true. But anyway, back to the point, I feel like it doesn't matter what you do. I can take a picture of my son, put him in the grass, and have him holding a sunflower. And they're going to be like, oh, you're such a horrible mom. Why do you have him in the grass? You know what I mean? He's He can catch this. He can catch that. He can get autism. He can get this. He could be gay. He's holding a sunflower. Why is he holding a sunflower? Oh, he looks like a girl. It's going to be so many opinions. So I feel like I could easily be pressured just to be like, oh, I don't post my son because I don't want to hear people's opinions. You know what I mean? That could be a reason that people be like, oh, hey, girl, I ain't seen you in a minute. You ain't post your babies or your kids, you know? Because it could be something as simple as my son sitting in the grass holding the sunflower with nothing else in the background, everything's safe, and they'll still have something to say. So I feel like that pressure is high to be the right thing for social media, I guess, you know, to post the right thing, to say the right thing. It's like, even though we're not celebrities, to show the right thing, even though we're not celebrities, we're still being judged by everybody on the internet. It's like, it's even worse because they don't know us. So they can be harsh. They can be cruel. They could be like, oh, I have your address. I'm coming to kill you, bitch. Like, what? Because I posted a picture of my child that I wanted to share with my friends and family. I didn't even think it'll be out there like that, you know? So next time it'll be like, okay, you're going to be thinking twice. Like, you know, stuff like that. Oh, I'm not going to post a picture. Something that I want to share with my family, I'm not going to post. I'm not going to share. Something that I want to say, I'm not going to say it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to share my experience because I instantly get backlashed. So I feel like that's a major part. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, when it's it's one thing when celebrities sign up for that criticism when they post their life, but when it's like your auntie talking shit or your cousin or like you say the stranger that you know unwanted people, people that you people unwanted advice, you share something between family and it goes viral. You didn't mean for it to go viral. Now people, oh, why is your son got one shoe? Why is it like you said they will tear you down? But when it's a child encouraging another child to end their life, it's taking a cyberbullying. But grown adults could tell you all these mean, nasty things and they don't get they get nothing. Don't even go against community guidelines when you when you submit it, submit a dispute. Who do you believe the meanest group is online as far as your experience? I would say our own kind is the meanest group. I ain't gonna say for me personally, you know, being who I am, of course, African American, but black. Um, I feel like it's your own kind, like I'm not even going to say race-wise, it could be women too. You know what I mean? It ain't just, oh, black people tear me down. It could be women. Women tear me down. Post something and, like I say, a picture of my son holding a sunflower on the grass where everything else is safe and nothing is dangerous, and it'll be women coming for you. Women of your same kind. Like, oh, I have two kids as well. You know what I mean? Thinking they know better than you and telling you you're not doing right as a mom and you need to do this, and you be shocked. Like, oh, my God, I never thought that y'all felt this way about me or I never thought that people could be so cruel over one photo of my beautiful baby that I thought, you know, was beautiful and, and I want to share with the world. Y'all coming from my throat over a photo. So imagine if you see how I am, you know what I mean, regular. Like if I don't give him enough milk or, you know, enough food throughout the day, what what, what are you going to do then? If I don't wash the bottle out the proper way, what are you going to say about that then? Oh, call CPS, take your kids from her. So it's like, um, I'd rather not share. And when people come to the point where they be like, oh, girl, I ain't seen you in a while. I'd rather not come around. Because you think that you're going to have this idea, oh, well, I had twins. Okay, well, that was back in the 90s. You had help. Shit was cheaper. Um, <laughs> it's not how it is. We both have to have jobs now. I can't be no stay-at-home mom. He got to work. I got to work. Shit. He, sometimes he don't come home from work. You know what I mean? Got to have this job. Work double time, overtime, triple time, holidays. Don't get a break. Got to miss. 
you know what I mean? Not birthdays and vacations, but you got to miss holidays. And okay, well, he's too young right now. He ain't going to remember we'll get it when he get older. You know what I mean? But it's so much, oh, you know, judgment. That's the word I'm looking for. It's so much judgment that it gets to the point of, I'd just rather not. Absolutely. The meanest group that I encounter online is women, black women, women, period, but black women the most, because I think I, it, it, it disheartens me when it's, it's sisterhood and it's like, oh, sis, 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 and good compliments and river flowing and we on our knees bound to you when I fit the aesthetic or I fit the criteria of what you want me to be, what you think a black woman is supposed to be. If I negate from that ex expectation in any way, shape, or form, it's like, cut you the fuck off, bitch. You a bitch now, bitch. You fat bitch. I'm on your profile. I'm, I'm gauging your shit. I'm about to get you fired from your job. Yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? I agree with that. And I would say a perfect example of that is, okay, I'm a holistic mom. I don't want to get my son vaccinated. I want to feed him the good stuff. Bitch, just get your son the shots and let him go to school like the rest of them. You know what I mean? Your baby ain't no motherfucking better than the rest of these kids. Like it's, but that's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Or, hey, put that down. Don't touch that. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not good for you. Girl, just pop that baby on the hand and let him be on his way. But it's like, how did you feel when you were hurt? How did you feel? Well, I grew up fine. That's the biggest one. The biggest thing, if I, I'm, I'll be okay. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think I have experienced the most cyberbullying and the most disrespect from black women. Especially, you know, the term that I get called the most is the pick me. The real definition, the literal definition of a pick me, let's get it correct for the record, for the record for everybody, is that the term pick me is used to describe a woman who, uh, who obviously and obsessively works to gain men's attention or acceptance. Typically, a pick me talks about how she's not like other women, especially in ways considered typically feminine. Um, I feel like I get called a pick me because I'm a woman who is so deep in these streets when it comes to the black community. I don't put black men against black women. Instead, I elevate black men and what people expect the expectation of us to dog our men, talk down on our men and boys, treat them like the afterthought, uh, stomp on their heads. And, you know, as a, as a, as a woman in love with a black man, as a woman that has a black father, black siblings, uh, black nephews, I can't dog them out. As a woman who's in the community and has mentorship programs, has meetings with black brothers all the time, is an ear for black men, is an ear for black boys, is a safe place in a safe space, I can't dog them out. So everything that I see that's going against my experience with black men, I'm going to react. I'm going to write, my experience is different from yours. I'm going to say, that's not the men I know. Because at a certain point in your life, you have to understand who are the people I'm attracting. Who, who is my circle? What, what do I get a thrill of that's unhealthy? What kind of man am I surrounding myself with? Am I surrounding myself with black men or am I entertaining black niggas? Because if you want the protection, you gotta, you gotta also give something to protect. A lot of women want the best of the best of the best. They want A plus men and they're D plus women. And that's our problem in this community. A lot of men want A plus women and they're D plus men. So we have the expectation of great, but for the expectation for self, it's very low and very take me as I am and very handle me. It's something that we've been so nasty to one another. Now it's on public display. The crabs in the barrel is on public display.
My car is better. I'm in Monaco. Well, I'm going to Morocco. Well, I'm going to Maldives. Can't even pronounce half this shit. All European-centric cultures, all Asian-centric cultures, all Middle Eastern cultures. I don't see nobody in Africa, though. I don't see nobody in Africa stunting, though. Everything because Drake mentioned Monaco's. Because Bad Bunny got a song, Morocco, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just because the culture, the social media influence promotes this. It makes it feel like if you're not shit, if you can't book a $10,000 trip in Maui Maui tonight. If you don't max out your credit card, you're not shit. You ain't that bitch if you can't get to 30 inches from this from this high-end boutique. A $1,000 30-inch. Fuck your rent, bitch. You're not that bitch if you can't have this hair, though. Women treating the hair and the bodies like the Jordans. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I gotta have it. You know what I mean? So the delusion, the delusion that comes with thinking that this is the life you have to maintain when you can't even pay your bills. When your children are misbehaved, when you have a fucking house that's in chaos, the delusion tied to that is something that needs to be addressed. How does social media affect black women, right? Ray? In what ways does social media affect black women? I think it affects them in all ways, mentally, physically, emotionally, because it gives them this false reality, false narrative along with false reality that they're supposed to be something that the person that's showing you this isn't even that, you know what I mean? Because we see the pictures and the Snapchats and the Instagram filters and stories of them, you know what I mean? TikToks and everything, you know, and all that. They even be on Twitter with it, <laughs> shit, you know what I mean? We see everything of them, like, they love the boomerangs. The boomerangs, they go back and forth, the picture of them smiling or boomerangs of them and their partner, you know what I mean? And, like, the quotes and the songs, all mine. Oh mine. I seen one girl have that earlier, you know what I mean? With Brent Fiat or whatever you say his name, you know. She had that and she had four kids. I think her youngest kid was with this man and he ended up murdering her and killing himself. So now four kids don't have a mom. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's just a false narrative. We feel like, oh, we gotta have that. I gotta get him in. For me personally, I've been single for eight years now and I used to feel like that, but I just be like, I that's they just literally pick any man. William, you gonna be my man, we go together. You know how she said, we go together now, we go together. Like, they move them in, they really don't know them, because how are you gonna know somebody in two months, three months? I feel like you need time to get to know somebody. You gotta see them when they mad, when they angry, when they hungry, we ain't got no food. When the car broke, we ain't got no ride, you feel me? When we gotta hop up the bus, catch, get a ride. We gotta go walk, you know what I mean? When you hot, and this air conditioner broke, this swamp cooler ain't working, we gotta, you know what I mean? Fuck it, go to the park or go to your mom's house, go to my mom's house. We gotta tolerate each other Aside from the good times, it's balance, yin and yang, you know what I mean? So I feel like they're, we're stuck into the narrative of, oh, I got to have that. I got to have that. And then say if he start beating my ass, okay, well, it's okay because at the end of the day, I got to have that family, though. I got the family, though. I got the family. When the pictures are showing, you can see that she's sad or she got a busted mouth and she's trying to hide it. Or you know what I mean? She got that makeup on. He done blacked her eye again. Or he done, you know what I mean, got his hair cut. She done pulled his hair, his locks out again. You know what I mean? Or he done got that band-aid right here. She done scratched him up in the face again. Stuff like that, because it goes both ways. But I feel like it's that, oh, I got to have a family, because, you know what I mean? That's what society wants from me. I got to say, because I got to have that family. If I leave, then I'm going to be the one who broke it up. Then I'm going to be the one who's the bully and, the, and, you know what I mean, the aggressor. And my baby mama ain't shit and this and that, and I'm not seeing his kids. But the, he ain't telling them that he beat me up every day. And I don't want to put him on blast and make him seem like he's a bad dad. When they don't understand, he can be an amazing dad, but a horrible partner. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. I think just this unrealistic expect unrealistic expectation of how life is supposed to be. Um, body image that every black woman has to be this prototype aesthetically. The hair, the nails, with the claws, the hair hat, the helmets, the body, the corsets, the you know, almost draggish look. You know what I mean? The the misogyny, how a lot of black women, how they are self-proclaimed hood rats online. Three oh foes, hoes, they don't give a fuck. For the right price price, nigga, yes, you can tap. For the right price, yes, I'm yours. Even if you could just handle me, maintain me, keep me up, that's fine. I don't love love don't live here. Being a cool mom, just dressing your kids to 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 look like you, putting the makeup, taking your kids to these expensive trips, and you you have nannies and you have assistance and you have help, and that's not realistic for a woman that I barely have help. My mom don't do my mom. My, I don't got no sisters, or my sisters ain't. Why well, my sisters have kids? I don't have a babysitter, so making it seem like it's unattainable, like I'll never get there, when it's a small percent of people that are. Haven't live really living this life, but making it think that you lack, making a black woman think that she's lacking and what she got going on lacking that regular is lacking. I was gonna say that they want what you have, but you don't even have that. Right, everybody chasing something that's never gonna, you never gonna get it. The posts keep the moving, the unattainable, hypersexualized, being derogatory as black women, showing your like I said, showing your whole body. Subscribe to my OnlyFans for six ninety nine. We can see your, every hole you have. You know what I mean? For $6.99, we can see your intimate moments with people. Just subscribe to your channel. Subscribe to your OnlyFans, and we can see everything you have to offer. Everything your mama, the, the modesty that a black woman is supposed to come with, the love. Yes, Malcolm X did say the, the black woman is the most disrespected, the most underappreciated, the most underprotected. But where is the dignity and self-respect and the integrity? What are, what are we protecting a fucking thought for? What are we protecting mindless and brainless people? So many black men are in the ground or behind bars protecting women that didn't deserve it. Losing their lives. Losing their... Having, having honor for a fucking whore. And I don't care. You can call me what you want. You can say what you want. It's the truth. The truth always going to hurt. It's going to sting. It's going to always sting. Mental health in black women. The culture. Racism. All these playing a part on social media, saying that we're not good enough, that I'd rather, before I date you and your badass kids, I'll take my passport and flee this motherfucker before I'm committed to you. That takes a toll on women. Even the truth, like I said, the truth does hurt. It still takes a toll, like, dang, I did make bad decisions. No, people really don't want me. Even though it's this false reality, if you're a good woman, you're going to get blessed. May have kids, may not, maybe blended family, may not, but you will get blessed if you're good. If you if you if you serve God, if you have service to your children, if you work hard, God gonna see that you will get blessed. But online, I have you thinking that nobody wants you in your demon seeds. It is what it is. You made this bed, lay in it. That's why human connection means more than that. Community and unity and celebration; those things mean more. Human interaction, getting to know people for who they really are; those things mean more. Not selling ourselves short. Posting that body and then you get somebody that's they on demon time. Cause look what you posting. Like I said, I can see every every hole for six ninety nine, six dollars and ninety nine cents. Well, I got two thousand. What's up? Let me send you a DM. Cause it's social media. Let me send you a DM. I got two thousand. What's up with it? 
I got five thousand. Oh, let it get a, a big, a big baller, a bigger entertainer. I got a million for you. What you willing to do? But I also feel like too we were watching earlier. It was a case where, um, getting tricked to the point like they expect her to stop doing what she's supposed to, what she did to get you. Now that you got her, like okay, now you mind, you nobody else's. You know what I mean? You're not for the world. Don't talk to nobody. You're mine. So I feel like it. I ain't gonna say it work both ways, but it does go both ways. You know what I mean? Because you get upset at the stuff that she's doing, but that's what she did before she met you, or that's how she got you. And now you want her to stop. The same way we tell men, I mean, we tell women, okay, well, he was that thug man, you know what I mean? That's how he got you, and now you want him to change. I feel like he'd be like, oh, she was this bad bitch, and I want her to change, and she not. So I get mad, I shoot her now, I kill myself, or I'm in jail, and it's the same story. So I understand, you know, both ways, you know, like men and women. I feel like it goes both ways. And I was going lead to leading into how does it affect black men? How does social media affect black men? I think it's very putting a black man into a hypersexual position that outside of his penis, he's nothing. Outside of him breeding, like on the plantation, outside of him breeding, he's not worth anything. And that's from black boy, getting treated the worst. Shut up, don't cry. A black boy's in a black man's mental health, black men and black male, black young boys and black men's mental health, their, sui their suicide rates, their suicide ideation, their suicide attempts have risen and are continue to rise every year, year after year. We have to understand that's a problem. When it was COVID, the world shut down. But a black boy and a black man taking his life, nobody blinks an eye. Once again, police brutality, the fact that black boys and black men have to see that their bodies are deduced to life, like being lifeless, going from full of life to lifeless. In my way, I would say that it does affect um, the men. I feel like it affects them more, but we don't know about it. You know how they say men are at a 40% rate now with domestic violence, but we don't know because that's just the men who reported. I feel like they don't seek help. And when they try to through their friends, through, you know, man, we all going through shit, bro, just toughen up. But if I want to go get oh, some lean or I want to go get right. a perk, you know, he's going to be the first one. Oh, we can call bro, bro. We know we can go make, make it happen. Right, right. Get some bitches. We can make it a night, bro. Like, but if I be like, hey, bro, I'm not feeling it and I ain't see my daughter and I'm sick, man. Oh, fuck them bitches, bro. You know, she going to come around. She know you love her. Like it's they don't take it as serious. I feel like you said, you know, Queen Smoke. They don't take it as serious. Like they feel like, oh, damn man, they'll be all right. I feel like today, earlier today, a few hours ago, my nephew was like, "Does anybody want a hug?" And we all got a hug because you know what I mean. Instead of saying, "Oh, I need a hug," he just said, "Does it do anybody want a hug?" We all got a hug from his grandpa to his auntie to me to his siblings to his cousin, and I feel like it's just because. A simple gesture like that shows that we're doing it right. We're raising him right, teaching him his, emo his emotions and how to control them. And, you know, sometimes it gets overwhelming, but certain little tiny moments like that make it like, oh, I'm doing something right. And last night, our six-year-old nephew, he was just fussing, fussing, fussing. At first, my first attempt, like, you know, my first thought was to shoot him away, oh, you're whining. But I just stopped in the moment. What would I have wanted at six years old, whining? What, what was my need? Because children only act out because they need a need met. So I said, what do you need? Do you need a hug? Do you want me to hear you out? He said, yes, I just need a hug. So I held him literally for like two or three minutes. He was crying, just frustrated with his sister. In two, three minutes, he was it was, he was good, perfectly fine. Now imagine if I said, oh, toughen up. You a boy. Boys don't cry, don't cry. You all right, you a big boy. Imagine that. Imagine hearing that your whole childhood. We silence our boys until their hearts are unconscious. Then we have the nerve to complain about the way they show up in relationships and the way that they show up as fathers.
we give them no grace, no blueprint, no guide, no empathy, no respect, but we expect a good man. It's just like I seen so much of my black peers, my black boys as peers growing up, being talked to like nothing, being treated like nothing, like a stain on your, the bottom of your foot, like shit. And I promised myself if I could help it, socked in the chest. I mean it, socked in the chest for discipline. The air knocked out a lung. Son did something, son, son broke something, broke a vase, broke a cup, broke a glass, getting socked in your motherfucking chest like you you a grown man, a kid. The wind knocked out of him. That was discipline. That was what I saw in my neighborhood growing up. That's what I saw in my family. Young boys being assaulted. And you expect them to be good fathers. You expect them to have emotional regulation when they have all that anger built up. Because I'm sure for every punch in the chest, they want to knock you the fuck out too. Having low self-esteem, having power, money, and respect issues, no control. It's already a systemic racist society. Being underpaid. A black man with a degree. They'll hire a white man with a felony before they hire a black brother with a degree. Imagine that being your reality. You work hard in school for what? Like I said, the goalpost is always moved. People always want to talk about being misogamous. Oh, misogamy. Men hate women. Men hate women. But we never discuss the misandry, the misandrist, the feminist, the ones looking to destroy the households and destroy men and destroy families because they exist. And especially when a lot of these households was raised by mama who did it all, who did everything. She despised a man. Because you left me with all these motherfucking kids. Even if it was multiple men. Y'all left me with all these motherfucking kids. So now my son is going to feel my wrath. My daughter's is going to feel my wrath. There's no feminine out of me. It's only masculine because I am mother and father. I pay all these bills. I solve all these problems. I'm angry. I'm depressed. I'm frustrated. And I get no love. My tank is on empty. Imagine your phone. You never get it to 100%. At 12%, mama! When you charge up 10%, your job call and they need you. You can't say no because your son need new shoes. And your daughter got an event coming up. So our black boys and our black girls leading into them suffering the most. Receiving these kind of parents. Receiving these kind of role models. Didn't ask to be here. Now you're telling me every day why, how much you do for me. And how overworked and overwhelmed and stressed out you is. And I'm just a kid, mom. I don't care about your lights being not paid. I want the new PlayStation. But can I say that or am I ungrateful? Can I express myself? Can I express my frustration of the lack of what we don't have and I see my friends do have? Or once again, I'm looking on social media and see that all these 13-year-old kids have every game. They have everything, every shoe. They're well-dressed. Every bill is paid. Their father is there. It's perfect. Mom, where do we go wrong? For little girls. Why I still got to wear braids? Why I can't wear a weave when it's the 16-year-old girl uh, in, in somewhere across the United States that can have that kind of hair? Why can't I get that kind of makeup, mom? Why can't you afford that? When in reality, what's the what's the the tragic part nobody want to discuss is that half these young girls are tricks. The tragic part that nobody want to discuss is that these boys is selling their soul to look fly. These young girls are selling their soul to act like they got a little bit of something. They show you the vacation, but they didn't tell you that they had to spend a week getting every whole field to pay for that motherfucker. So our children go through mental health. They go through self-esteem. They go through body image. They go through having suicidal thoughts and suicidal self-hatred, cyberbullying, online digital footprint, depression, 
developmental issues, an online digital footprint for you, for the youth, thinking that, oh, he'll like me more if I send a nude. I never had to go through that. Never had to go through somebody threatening, oh, I'm, I'm going to expose you. I'm going to expose you to the school. I'm going to tell them that you did this, tell them that you did that. You will hear rumors growing up. But you never heard nobody like, oh, I'm about to send these pictures. Oh, bro, she get down like that. You'll hear that. Oh, yeah, she get down like that. But now there's proof that she get down like that. Children. What kind of issues do you think that our children suffer with, Ray Ray? For me, I understand that because I'll take myself back to when I was about 14, sad, depressed. I feel like it was just I didn't know how to express myself. You know what I mean? To transfer what was in my head, the thoughts that I was feeling, and my emotions. I didn't know how to let that out. You know what I mean? To be like, ha, this is how I'm feeling. But my dad just came to me and was like, just talk to me. Whenever it is, if you don't know how to do it, I'll just sit with you. Sometimes you don't need to talk. You need just somebody to sit with you. You know what I mean? In silence. But I feel like the influence is so real because I got to fit in. If I do this, this would be the thing that will get me at that popular table. This would be the thing to have them invite me to the party. This would be the thing to have them do that. And then it backfires or just it blows up to something bigger than what you thought it was. I sent it to him, but he sent it to his friend and he sent it to this person. Next thing is, you know, hours later... By the time I wake up in the morning and go to school, everybody saw it. So, you know what I mean? It's like, I can understand peer pressure, feeling the need to fit in, feeling the want to fit in. Maybe if I do this, this will help me fit in. Maybe if I ditch my old friend and get some new friends, that'll help me fit in. Maybe I treat my old friends like shit or whatever, you know, or start to rebel or we're all to parties, even though I really don't want to do this and it's making me uncomfortable and I really don't get my full consent. You know what I mean? But maybe it'll make me fit in or they don't understand that it's not what you do, it's how you do it. It's not what you are, it's who you are. It's not on you, it's in you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's to the point of, I feel like if you just, from a little age, from a young age, if you let your kids know, like, this is what it is and this is how it's going to be, people out there are going to try to talk to you, people out there are going to try to give you peer pressure and all that, then, you know, it's going to be like, they're going to be prepared for it. They're going to be ready for it because for me, my dad let me know. He told me, hey, this is what it is and people out there are going to try to make you do stuff and don't listen to them because I'm your daddy. If you ever have any questions, you come to me. I'll tell you the truth about it, you know? And then I go to my dad and be like, dang, what he said was right. He did say they was going to do this and look at They're telling me false information. So I feel like if you just get them prepared, then they'll be like, oh yeah, this is what my mom was talking about. She's right. Absolutely. I think for the culture, a lot of parents, the things that they're not discussing with their children, they're going to find out online. Like I said, every child is pretty much an electronic device child. They have a tablet. They have access to a phone, electronics, television, Roku. You have the apps on the television now. So I feel like even children as young as, what, two, three, being able to navigate a remote, could choose what song they want to hear. That song leads to another song down the rabbit hole, anything. So they have access to the wrong things as well. Mm -hmm. And the parents, they don't, they, a lot of parents make the mistake of thinking my baby is going to be innocent. We don't know what our children do behind our back. We don't know how they show up and how they act. We pop up at the school a couple of times and our nephew, you know, he danced with his friends. Like, of course, we know that that's his personality at home, but just to see his little personality in front of his friends, be like, okay, that's something new. I don't think he, you know, be act like that. It's nothing like bad, but it's like surprising. So imagine the bad things that they do. You be like, I never, I, that's not my son. My son will never. And then your kids will have you just, you know, making a fool of yourself, making a lie out yourself, the way they present themselves in the world. So a lot of parents think, no, my daughter's not having sex. There's no need to talk about it. Or we've talked about sex. And you really never talked about the aspect. You just pretty much said, don't bring no babies home. And here go birth control. 
You didn't talk about emotional manipulation. You didn't talk about soul ties. You didn't talk about promiscuity. You didn't talk about domestic violence and teenage domestic violence. You didn't talk about those things with your children. And same goes for young boys. You gave them a pack of condoms and said, hey, don't make me a grandma or don't make me a grandpa. Here goes some condoms. You didn't talk about foreplay, consent. You didn't talk about becoming a father, the emotional ties to a woman that you may feel, especially as being an underdeveloped child that don't even don't have a fully functioning brain. Thinking that people are your possession, thinking that this girl is going to be your girl forever and that you can do her however, thinking that this little boy is going to be your man forever and you can do him however, and actually bringing children into these relationships. Her role models is uh, Jada Waiter. <laughs> Her role models are Jada Waiter, Summer Walker, Janae Aiko, and SZA. Your role models is Young NBA Young Boy. Anna Lee Chopper and Blueface. You know what I mean? Like, that tells me all I need to know about that child. Influenced by the wrong people, influenced by the wrong things, and their children, our babies have to witness mom and dad not even knowing who they are, not even standing 10 toes down in their identity. My mama wanna be a bad bitch and a hot girl and a city girl. My dad wanna be a rapper. What the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Well, who am I? Who am I? Because it's real life. And daddy want to be a rapper in real life. Mama want to be a bad bitch in the city girl in a video vixen in real life. And here I am, Google, Google Gaga, not knowing where to do, where to go and how to do it. And the biggest disadvantage we can give our black youth is leaving our homes ill-prepared. That's the biggest dis disadvantage. If your child turns 18 and they don't know financial literacy, they don't know conflict resolution. They leave your house without emotional regulation. They leave your house not knowing how to act and not knowing how to present themselves to the world. You failed your motherfucking child. The biggest question of all, Ray Ray, is even if it's possible, if it's at all possible, how can we get our community back? Do you think it's possible? And if you think if you think it is possible, in what ways can we go about getting our community back in order? I feel like as I've stated plenty of times, therapy is the main thing because it's gonna teach you the difference between um reality and actuality. Mm -hmm. Because I could show you every day, like we were talking about over the weekend, you know what I mean? Oh, look at this beautiful, beautiful vacation spot that I am at. It's beautiful um, beaches and, you know, the water is clear and the clouds are nowhere inside and the sky is beautiful and it's blue. I could show you that because I know that every day in this country, at least like noon, you know what I mean? That's how the weather is. But then three minutes later, it can start raining and be freezing cold and windy. And that's how life is. Social media, I feel like people don't realize that we can control the narrative. We can control what we want you to see. I'm not going to post my daddy, my baby daddy beat my ass today and I'm bleeding this and that. And even if I do post it, I'm going to be back with him tomorrow. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. that's what social media is. I'm going to come vent to y'all. Y'all going to be like, girl, you strong. You got this. Move on. The next thing you know, I'm back with him. Or you can't even make it to be to the point where you break up because now the murder rate is so high amongst us. It's like we can't even leave without him feeling like we possession or I'm going to murder you or I'm going to kill you and vice versa. He can't even leave without her or I'm going to plot to kill you because you ain't leaving me. Don't nobody leave me. I get my way. And if I can't have you, can't nobody have you. I feel like we have to recognize the signs. That's the first step, recognizing the signs, being able to understand and comprehend the signs and being like, well, hey, it's okay to not 
fit that narrative. It's okay to be different. It's okay to not be like everybody else. I feel like once you discover who you are and you start to take pride in who you are and realize that the world is going to speak on you regardless, good or bad, no matter what you do, you're going to stop caring about what people think. And that's the first step because the weight of the world on your shoulders, oh man, if I do this, they're going to say this. If I do that, they're going to say this. If I do it right, then they're going to say I didn't do it in the way that they wanted to do it. You know what I mean? Even though there's a thousand ways to do the same thing. I feel like you got to just get to the point where we start telling the people, not people, telling our youth our stories and the stuff that we went through, how we overcame peer pressure, or how we, you know what I mean, got through it. Oh, yeah, I, I ain't going to lie. Sometimes that I gave into peer pressure and this ended up happening, you know what I mean? But I overcame it by this. And I'm me telling you is going to probably stop you from doing what I did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Our community has to be more open. We have to share our stories. We have to just be honest with the kids and hear them out, comprehend. Don't listen and, and, and let them pour out their heart to you just to have it as, oh, well, you told me this and you know what I mean, as fuel to the fire, mm-hmm. to throw in their ammunition, yeah. you know what I mean, to throw back mm-hmm. in their face later. I feel like we got to start listening to respond, not listening just to listen, you know what I mean? No, I mean, not listen to respond, yeah. listen to yeah. to comprehend. Because yeah. now I'm seeing we always be like, oh, communication is key. But I, I realize also that everybody is saying you have to comprehend. Because you could communicate, communicate, communicate what you want, but if he ain't comprehending it, he ain't going to be able to do it. And I feel like this is for my black people, my black community. Representation matters. Are you on the side of social media where it's fuck black women, fuck black men, fuck these babies. I beat your ass, bitch. You ain't my friend. We went to Miami and this bitch didn't pay shit. You got a fake body. You my fake friend. I'm exposing you. Or are you on the side with black love, black family, black unity? Black men healing, black women healing, herbalistic, holistic, spirituality, motivation, because there is a difference. Social media, not only is it influential, but literally your phone will program what it is that you can see, the algorithm that comes up. If it's all negative, that will start to shape your opinions and formulate your minds and shape your shape what you think and how you show up in the world. Once again, influence the capacity to have an effect on the character, the development or behavior of someone or something. So if you always you see that black men, oh, this man dogged me out. My baby daddy did this. My baby mama did that. That's going to be your, yo, yo, that's going to shape your mind. That's going to be your mindset. I can't trust these hoes. Niggas ain't shit, bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. That's going to shape your mind. A marketing term that describes an individual's ability to affect other people's thinking in a social online community. What are you seeing? What are you listening to? What are you playing over and over and over? Is it Summer Walker? Oh, toxic. Oh, I need a nigga that can handle me. I'll go to jail or hell about you. Is that what you're listening to over and over? I just killed my ex. Are you listening to Bounce on This Ass, Soak City, um, come on now, all these negative connotations of your only, I don't have no emotional ties to you, all it boils down to is your body. All about, Gobble this dick, bitch. Give me your money, nigga. Is that what it's going to boil down to? And in between all that bullshit, like they said on Color Purple, the original Color Purple, and in between the fighting, all the children kept coming. So is it going to be this shaky ground, this earthquake every time you guys rumble? An earthquake is made every time you open your mouth to your black man, it's an earthquake. Every time you open it, your, your mouth to your black woman, it's an earthquake. That's what it's going to be. That's what our children, our children going to just stop, drop, and roll every single day. You know what I mean? Stop, duck, and roll. Stop, drop, and hide. 
You gonna start fires with your mouth, black woman? Burn the whole house down? Children get burnt. Nobody, everything starts at home. You set the tone of how your children gonna be. You model that behavior of what they're gonna do at school. How they're gonna behave in the community. How they're gonna behave in relationships. How they're gonna behave at work. If they're gonna wanna get a job. You create that kind of character. You create that personality type. So for a lot of people, a lot of parents, a lot of black people in our community that think that the children are the problem, that, oh, my son is lazy, he don't do anything, my daughter don't do this, I give her everything she wants, her hair always done, she stay fly, I work overtime, triple time, double time, but she don't lift a finger, or she running away, or I give my son everything, he carrying guns, he running away, he got the PS5, he don't want to clean up, he don't want to get a job, he's 20, he's 25, he's 26, he got kids, now my grandkids moving in, now his baby mama's moving in, oh, now he got two, three baby mamas. They were, they were taught that it was okay to be this lazy. They were taught that it was okay not to show up. They were taught that. Like, Ray Ray, you mentioned that earlier on a separate conversation. I think you said that a lot of people in our generation, they showed their kids almost to a fault. Like, they don't want their kids to have that responsibility. But in turn, they're creating children with no responsibility. Yeah, coming from where I came from, you know... Um... You see it, you be like, the girls do this, they go in the kitchen, they go cook, they go clean. But the boys, you be like, oh no, they don't have to take the trash out, they don't have to do this, they don't have to do that. And then they think that when they're in a relationship, because my mama stayed and my mama always around me, my girl gonna stay, but I don't have to cook, I don't have to be a man in the house, I don't have to leave. You know what I mean? You're not teaching them how to do nothing. So when they get older and they have a kid of their own, they look into the woman, like, what are we doing? When she like, I was raised with my daddy, he led, so what are we doing? You know what I mean? I feel like for me personally, that was a lot of reason. I'm like, my dad, he led, and they just... Looking at me, oh, what you want to do? Where we going to go? What we going to, like, you know what I mean? I be looking back, like, I don't know what you want to do. You got to lead. I'm ready for you to lead as a man. If you can't do it, then, you know what I mean? It's really, we ain't meant. And just also giving black children, giving black boys the space to show up, the space to be responsible. A lot of black mothers, you, I know black boys, they may not get it. They rambunctious. They don't want to do the small, tedious things like pay bills, like sit still to learn how to pay a bill. Your daughter more so want to be mom. She's mimicking mom. If his dad was there, he'll be mimicking dad and doing what dad does. But if you're, especially if you're a single parent, a single mother, especially, you want to make sure your black son is competent. You want to make sure that you don't create a problem for someone else's daughter. You want to make sure that you sit him down and say, hey, baby, this is how you pump gas. Hey, baby, this is how you wash your ass. Hey, baby, this is how you open the door for a lady. Hey, baby, this is how you be treated by a lady. This is how you find a lady. Women are not possessions, but you are not nobody's trick, son. They're not even taught that way. They're taught to bow down because mama says so. They're taught to do as I say, not as I do by a woman. So when they get in these relationships, go ahead, babe, you got it. All right, babe, you got it. Can I get $20? It's Jody. A whole bunch of Jody's all around the world. Not the world, excuse me, all around the country. It's a culture of negativity. It's a culture of hindrance. We hinder our children because you don't want them to leave because you poured everything into your children and my kids and my world, I don't need no man. And your kids be like, mama, I'm about to go into the world and make my own family. Not using manipulation to, sh- to say, oh, man, I worked so hard and why would you leave? And don't let, don't put this woman before me. Don't put this man be- above me. I'm your mama. But mom, ch- children are supposed to leave and go make their own families. So it's a lot of misinformation because out of fear of your children leaving. A lot of misinformation about fear of them doing better than you in life. 
You want to keep every, a lot of the black people want to keep their children stagnant, keep their community stagnant, keep their partners stagnant, keep themselves stagnant. Because everything that you do will keep yourself stagnant. Every, all the bad that you wish on somebody else will come back into your life. All the negativity that you spew online, all the hate that you spew online, all the disrespect that you give online will really affect your real life. So you have to understand that it's a blurred line between reality and between online, false reality, a facade. When are we going to put our best foot forward and give everybody, give ourselves a love that we never felt before? What we deserve. Black woman, a love that we never felt before. You look at these pictures and you look at old school love and say, oh, I wish I was born in that generation. History repeats itself, right? So that means black love can repeat itself. But what are you giving to get? Black man, what are you giving to your woman? Are you filling her up or are you depleting her? Are you taking from her or are you replenishing her? How are you showing up for your black children, for the black children that you're mentoring, that you that you silently, that you don't even, not even aware that you're mentoring? Little cousins and little brothers and little sisters and children, sons and daughters, how are you showing up for them in your daily life? Are you somebody that they can depend on, somebody that they can rely on to teach them the truth about the world, to be honest about the world? Or are you somebody that's lying to these black babies? Somebody that's creating a false narrative that is promoting that negativity in their life that's going to send them to the grave or to the prison. Male and female child alike, non-binary child alike. Are you somebody in a black baby's life that's preaching the truth? That's talking about consequences and repercussions? Are you holding your homeboys and your homegirls accountable of the people that they entertain? Are you holding them accountable in their parenting? Are you holding your family, your friends? Your spouses accountable in your life, in their lives? Are you making them show up in 2024? Because if we're not breaking generational curses, then what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, family, we've reached the end of our amazing episode. Remember, you can always get in touch with us at the email of officialairtfl at gmail.com. That's officialairtfl at gmail.com. You can like us and follow us on Facebook at Air at the Fuck Out Podcast. Like us and follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Air at the Fuck Out Podcast. And also follow us on YouTube at Air at the Fuck Out Podcast. Remember, we do this for the people, not the paper. We do this for the love, not the likes. Once again, it's your girl, Queen Smoke. And your girl, Ray Ray. It's a wrap. See y'all next week.